Let's uh, read uh, the first couple of verses, and then we're going to drop down to verse 6. Notice the writer of Hebrews. He says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. And then drop down to verse 6, and it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's, let's pray. Father, we are grateful to be in your house. Uh, it's good to be here, and you've given us a beautiful day. And we are grateful for friends and family and uh, brothers and sisters in Christ we can worship with. Lord, they could have been anywhere else, but they're in your house tonight because they love you. So bless them and their families because of that. Be with those who were sick and afflicted or had to work or were traveling and couldn't be with us tonight. And Lord, lead them back safely to us according to your will. And Father, now speak to us as only you can in a very clear and understandable manner through the power of your Holy Spirit from your word. Just make it come alive. And then, Lord, let us not be forgetful hearers, but faithful doers. Let us practice uh, what you teach us tonight. In Christ's name, amen. This is really uh, one of the great withouts of uh, the New Testament because it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. There is nothing left out there. You need to understand that that uh, what it really says there is our faith pleases God. Okay, and uh, you see, true faith is life changing. Uh, misplaced faith is life ending, as far as spirituality concerns. And so we need to to look at some things about faith. The first thing I wanted us to look at was a correct definition of faith. See, there's a fallacy that, that faith somehow is if we just mentally acknowledge God. If, if somehow we say, well, yes, I have people tell me that all the time. Yes, I believe in God, but, but it's not enough to say that. Okay? Because I then had to pry and see what God uh, do they believe in. Because a lot of times when they tell me that, they have no idea who the God of the Bible really is. They don't have any idea what he's really like. So they have faith in a God, but it's not our God. And our culture now is uh, the most, uh, um, I guess, politically correct thing they're starting to say is there is no God. You can't know God. And those arguments were dealt with many, many years ago. But see, the fallacy is it's enough just to sort of give that mental assent. You see, the book of James tells us that that is not so. James 2.19 reminds us of this. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Obviously, they do not have a saving faith. They have a head knowledge type of faith. To illustrate it, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a circus and you've seen one of those guys ride those, uh, uh, those unicycles back and forth across that wire. That's one of the craziest things I could ever think of doing. Okay, but there was one in the western days and and he would set up across these canyons and whole towns would come out and watch him and cheer him on. And he would do his his juggling and he would get there and and stand on his hands on that unicycle and all those kind of things. And they were just amazed and how great he was. And he says, I tell you what else I can do. He says, do you believe I can carry someone across uh, this canyon and back with me? And they all yelled, yay. He said, well, who's going to volunteer? And everybody backed up. 
You see, they didn't really have faith that he could do that. They gave mental assent. Faith means I'm going to step out and you're going to ride me back and forth across that thing. Mental assent says, well, I think you can do it, but have at it. Let somebody else be involved in that. You see, so it's more than simply mental assent. It's not enough to have mental assent that there is a God. It's not enough to have mental assent to say that Jesus is Lord if it doesn't change your life. We need to understand that. Um, Hebrews, in this first couple of verses, says this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it sets out a biblical definition there with a couple of of, of good words. It says substance. Substance. It's a a substance of things hoped for. What's the substance? What he's really telling us there is that our faith is supposed to be based upon the right substance. Okay? In the right substance. And that is Jesus Christ. Do we understand that? You see, you see, the right, the correct substance is Jesus. Jesus repeatedly told us that in, in John uh, 14. We know that he said, I'm the way, way, the truth, and life. No one comes to me but by the Father. Acts 4.12, it says, Nor is there any name given under heaven among men whereby you must be saved except the name of Jesus. And in Matthew uh, chapter 7, 24 through 27, Jesus is speaking, and he says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man built Uh, who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. It means utter destruction, utter calamity, because it was not based or built on the right substance. Our faith has to be placed in Jesus for it to be the right substance. The second word that he uses there is evidence. It's evidence of things not seen. And I struggled with that and looked up that word, and, and basically... See, I want to say this. Real faith will produce evidence in our lives. Evidence of a genuine commitment to Jesus Christ. In other words, it's life-changing. It's not just mental assent. It's life-changing. You see, uh, the Bible says it this way. In Matthew uh, chapter 7, again, verses 5 through 10, it says, By their fruit you shall know them. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. By their works you shall know them. Speaking of false prophets. Speaking of those who didn't. We have lots of people who may claim to be Christian. But if there's not evidence of of faith. There's not evidence of fruit in that life. You have to wonder. What do they really believe in? Okay. Now you say. Well brother Gary you're judging. And no I'm not judging. But the Bible plainly says. That if you believe in Christ. Read John chapter 15. There will be fruit produce when you remain in Christ and he remains in you okay and that fruit uh, we're told uh, something about it in Galatians it's the fruit of the spirit not fruit fruit okay the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law now we can go on and give other things about that Uh, James again in James uh 
uh, 2.19 uh, says something about it also. He uh, 2.14 says, What does it profit, brethren? If someone says he has faith and does not have works, can faith save him? And he goes on, and what he's saying is, Look, your faith, if it's really genuine in Jesus Christ, will have works. Works don't save us. Works are an evidence of the faith we have. And we have to ask ourselves, do we have a biblical faith? Do we have a biblical type of faith that, that has works, that has actions, that produces fruit? Okay, And uh, do we possess that kind of thing? In other words, let's boil it down to how it really applies. Is our character different because we know Jesus? Is it different from the world in which we live? Is it different from some of the people we know do not know Christ? Our character is supposed to be different. Is there fruit of the Spirit there? Are we bearing fruit? Our actions are vital and working. In other words, are we serving Christ? Okay. I have a problem with people that tell me that it's no big deal whether they're a church member or not. Okay. I understand church membership does not save anybody. Everybody say amen. But I also understand that the Bible very clearly says do not forsake the habit of assembling yourselves together as some already are doing, okay? In other words, what it's saying is there's something about gathering together with brothers and sisters in Christ that is important for our faith. It's important for our walk of life. It's important for us to grow as a community of believers. And so we need to have that kind of faith. I think if you really have uh, Jesus, you want to be around Jesus' kids, okay? Now you may be able to be able to avoid some of your physical family. You may even want to, but you cannot stay away from your spiritual family. God does not like it. Okay, there should have been amens there too. Okay, let's go on. So we have the correct definition of faith and then the importance of faith. And I, I listen to two questions, why and, and what. Why is faith so important? You see, I believe that he says that faith is what God's kingdom is about. Faith deals with, God deals with us through faith, okay? And uh, that's the way he deals with us. He's chosen. Uh, uh, faith is really the currency of the kingdom. I don't know if y'all can see that. Does anybody know what that is? Dollar bill, okay. What can I do with the dollar bill? Not much anymore, okay? But, but listen, the, here in the States, is this recognized to buy things? Anytime? Anywhere? Yes. Just go on. I'm not tricking you, okay? If, it, if it's under a dollar, let's put it that way, okay? But what I'm telling you is this is legal tender for the United States. If I had a 20, I'd pull that out and y'all would be more excited about it, okay? <laughs> Faith literally is God's legal tender. He operates in faith. He wants us to follow him in faith. He wants us to trust him in faith. We're to believe in him in faith. Okay, uh, we pray to him in faith. You start getting the, the picture of what I'm trying to get at. You see, it's important because that is the medium which God has chosen to relate to us in. Okay, I'm going to say it a little bit <clears throat> another way. You see, you can't really know God unless you have faith. Amen. Faith in Christ. Do we understand that? That's why he says it's without faith it is impossible to please God. What about the what? That's the why. You see, the very heart and soul of Hebrews eleven six 6 is, and really the whole New Testament, is this. You only know God, as I said, through faith in Jesus. That's the what. Okay? Faith. We can only be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. 
We only grow in our spiritual walk by faith following him. Have you noticed that very seldom does God just tell you everything that's going to happen this week? Because if we knew it, we couldn't handle it. Okay? I want you to think about it. God revealed to Abraham what was going to happen to his descendants when they went down to Egypt. It was a very dark, scary dream. Abraham didn't like it. I'm sure it caused him hurt to realize his, all of his descendants were going to be down there 430 years before God moved to do it. Okay? So don't be thinking, if God just tell me, I'd follow him. No, you wouldn't. Okay? Because that's not the way we're geared. We have to walk by faith. All right? And faith means I don't give up. Faith means I continue to believe no matter what the circumstance. True faith means that God is in control whether I see him moving or not. True faith means I know he loves me no matter what happens. And sometimes that's hard because bad things happen to good folks. But faith says God is still in control. And I will believe and love him by faith. See, we need to understand that. We need to know that uh, uh, we operate in the realm of faith, okay? Do you realize you can't borrow, beg, or steal your way into God's presence? It comes by placing your faith in Jesus. And it's by faith that we have our living and being in Him. So what's the result of having a true faith, okay? We have a biblical faith in our lives. First of all, it makes our life pleasing to God. You see, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So the opposite is also true. With that biblical faith, believing in Christ, God looks at us and He doesn't see us. He sees the work of Jesus. How do I know that? 2 Corinthians 5, 2 says, He made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He looks at you. He looks at me. And He doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus' righteousness because we've been bought and covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why 1 John says the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That's why He goes on and says that He's a propitiation, the covering for us, for our sin, okay, his blood. And so that's the good thing about it. That, that is the result of having a biblical faith that makes our life pleasing to God. When you read the rest of Hebrews 11, it's the chapter of the famous, okay, it's the chapter of those biblical heroes. It's a roll call of the great saints, and they all had one thing in common. They believed and had faith in God, all right? And the same is for us. You look at spiritual giants today, and, and the true spiritual giants have that one thing in common. They believe and have faith in God. Okay? That's what makes them great. Okay? The second thing of why is the result of having faith is this. Faith makes us eligible for the blessings of God. Faith makes us eligible for the blessings of God. See, the Bible is replete. I think that's a fancy word for full. Of the promises of God. Did I define that correctly, Brother Ronnie? (laughs) I think I did. Anyway, Liz will tell me later if I didn't, so don't worry about that, Bobby. Okay, because she's here to hear it. Okay. It's replete or full of the promises of God, and yet how many Christians look like they're starving to death, like they have no hope, like they, they, they just don't have anywhere to turn? And I think it's because we've forgotten what the Bible tells us that we receive through faith. I want to read a few of them to you. You know these, but maybe sometimes we all need reminded. 
Okay, we're going to start with Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And uh, Matthew 7, verse 7 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. He who knocks, it will be opened. In other words, keep on knocking, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and you'll get it. Just have that faith. Okay? Matthew 7, verse 15 is where Jesus is talking about good trees and bad trees. He said, by faith you'll know them. And then, uh, let's see, what else I want to read? Uh, Matthew 18, 19. Uh, Matthew 18, 19 and 20 says this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of... Of them. And then Matthew 21, uh, 22 <clears throat> says this. Jesus said to them, Assured I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. Okay. And then we can keep going on. John 14. In John 14. Uh, 14 to 15. It says this. He says, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, we keep his commandments. We're playing, praying in faith according to his will, and he's going to do it. We can keep going. First uh, John 5. First John 5 is a good one for you to mark down. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence. Ooh, everybody needs confidence approaching God. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. But then it gets better. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. We can keep going. I wrote down a lot of these promises. But you see, sometimes in faith, we need to claim some of God's promises. Sometimes we need to pray these promises over situations. Sometimes we need to pray these promises over people. Sometimes we need to pray these promises over our, our, our problems or over ourselves. And sometimes we need to be like the guy who brought uh, his son to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, if you will, you know, you can heal him. You know, and uh, if you can, heal him. And he says, if I can, anything is possible to him who believes. And the guy said, help my unbelief. See, it's a matter of faith. And too often we pray for a little bit and then we give up. We pray for a little while and we forget it and move on to the next problem. And we wonder why God didn't answer us. Sometimes I know God says no. Sometimes I know God says yes. Sometimes God says Wait a while, and I'm going to add a fourth character to that. Sometimes I think God says, are you really serious? Because we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and yet the Bible says we know if we, if we pray in His will, according to His will, He hears us. And since we know that He hears us, we have our petitions. So sometimes maybe we're praying over the wrong thing. There are certain things that we know God is going to answer. It is God's will for people to be saved. God is not slack concerning His promises, uh, as some men consider slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. 
And so we need to be praying about folks who need to be saved. God answers those kind of prayers. We need to be praying about how God uses our church. Not for our glory, not for our benefit, but for His glory. And for the people around us benefit. God answers those kind of prayers. Okay, You need to understand that some of the things we pray about are pretty frivolous. Maybe I should say some of the things I pray about might be pretty frivolous. And some are pretty serious, but God wants to hear them all. And see, do we have the faith to pursue what we've asked about? When I say write down those, those, those prayer requests and date them, and then when they're answered, start, start writing the date they were answered and see how long it took and how God worked and what all he had to do to get us because he's always at work for his kingdom. And he wants us to fit in that kingdom. He wants to gain glory through our lives. And he's going to work here and work there and arrange it here sometimes before we even see the need. But do we have the faith to trust those parts of our lives to him? Uh, One of my uh, uh, devotions this this month is on uh, not having Thanksgiving this month, but on trusting God in faith and I thought I was doing a pretty good job of that until I got to reading that fellow. He was writing about that, and I decided I didn't like him very well. He was stepping on my feet, and God said, you tell your people to move your toes. So time for me to move my toes. See, faith is absolutely basic to the Christian walk. But we better have faith in the proper person. Okay, If you have faith in ourselves, that's called pride. If we have faith in others, that's called a mistake. We need to have faith in our God. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? Maybe you need to come today and just renew your faith. Life is hard. Life is battering you, and you just need to ask for God's help to have more faith. Lord, help my unbelief. Maybe you need to come and pray for somebody that you've been praying for in, in faith and just turn them over to God and really leave them with God. Maybe you need to come and do something else, burdens that you, you just need to, to make before God and, and you just uh, want somebody sitting beside you to pray with you, just bring them up and they'll pray with you. Whatever your decision is tonight, I'm going to pray and then we're going to stand. Brother Ronnie's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation and you come as only you can. Father God, it's your time, it's holy time because you're here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us the faith that we need and the grace to be saved. But, Father, we also have to exercise our faith as we walk on our spiritual journey with you. So, Father, increase our faith. Let us be faithful to you in all areas. In Christ's name, amen.